Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, before we get started on the weird stuff episode, I thought I would bring up some other weird stuff. Uh, I'm not sure where you listen to these episodes, but uh, it appears that I, I've been looking recently. It appears that not all of the services are placing all of the episodes in the library. Um, I've reached out to the people that I actually have, you know, use as a hosting, um, and I'm going to see what happens there. But um, I do know, I did notice some time ago that uh, the a couple of the big ones have a habit of, and it looks like they based the decision not to add it to library based on the title. So apparently they know that there's going to be content in there that they don't ag agree with. So they're not gonna, they're not gonna put it up online. So I'm sorry about that. Um, I'm going to talk to them. I'm gonna wag my finger at them or something. Anyways, let's get into the weird stuff episode, um, and let's look, get all confused together by some of the things that are going on. Um, things that basically we're gonna like to cover um, a little something about the Delta variant and what's happening over in the UK because of it. Um, I'd like to talk about um, the evil people who are fighting for the increase in the minimum wage here in the United States. They're evil, and I'll explain why. I know it doesn't make any sense because it's one of those things. It's how they craft their um, deception. And lastly, how uh, most developed nations are suffering from similar problems to those we see here in the U.S. And I know some people say there's absolutely nothing wrong. Everything's, uh, we're in the land of milk and honey and everything's just fantastic. So don't, don't rock the boat there, Mr. Jeff. Uh, anyways, um, let's start with that uh, Delta variant in the U.K. Uh, specifically, let's look at the uh, England's Center for Public Health. They, they issue these bulletins uh, on the Wuhan virus variants, uh, and you can look them up online. I'll see if I can get a link up there or something. But anyways, these briefings, uh, they're currently at briefing number 16. Uh, what they're looking for are concerning trends and the like, right? So the most recent one is num briefing number 16, and what it points out in the data or actually shows in the data, and they're not really drawing attention to it, uh, is an alarming death disparity between those infected and hospitalized uh, between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. Now, you would think that the unvaccinated uh, would have a higher you know, fatality rate, but they don't. In fact, it's the vaccinated who are, uh, like I said, once hospitalized, are dying 6.6 .6 times as likely to lose their life. Um, and now there are a lot of reasons for it that I don't think are really covered very well in that particular literature. But, uh, and, and don't head for the panic door because there aren't tens of thousands or even thousands or not even a hundred total deaths. But here's the numbers so you can kind of get an idea. Uh, the vaccinated, 26 of 4,087 died compared to 34 of 35,521 um, unvaccinated. 
So, uh, and it's not so frightening when you see that the uh, fatality rate itself of the vaccinated is 0.00636%. Compare that to the unvaccinated fatality rate of 0.00957%. And put it this way, if the super lethal variant that they're talking about infected and hospitalized just say there's 340 million Americans, work with me here, 340 million Americans. Uh, if there was no vaccine, if we didn't work on it, we were still living in caves or whatever, there would be 325,380 deaths. Well, we've already had more deaths than that if, you know, if the numbers are, they're not faked. A fully vaccinated America, on the other hand, would suffer the loss of 2,162,400 lives. Now, like, would, I, I would say the, the, the biggest thing to find out from those numbers in the UK, and, and like, and it's probably not, it may not even be worth looking into, is that those vaccinated uh, may have had a higher average age. They've been, you know, more elderly or whatever. So there are a number of things that would explain why the unvaccinated fare better. Um, or let's just hope that this isn't the case. If you've heard some of the previous episodes regarding the antibody dependent enhancement, uh, this thing may be mutating towards something that the vaccinations, uh, not only do they not help, but they harm you. And let's just hope that that's not the case. Uh, and I, you know, I was going to say we lost, the, we, we would, we would lose 2.162 four million lives i was going to say lost souls but uh here's where i segue into the evil of fighting for a huge minimum wage spike and suggest that those people may actually be devoid of souls Um, the battle for greater pay for the same amount of work by these people on the left um the greater pay for the same amount of labor it's, it's it's like every other marxist argument you are judged exclusively by your response to the headline of the story and not the actual story because the headline never matches the details in the story. Uh, The few relationships that are critical are to be found between the obvious, you know, compensation versus the value of an individual's labor. You know, uh, the cost of goods from the labor expense poor, poor position uh, and, and that of global competition. Uh, so first let's go into the relationship that exposes the left's evil. Many of their experts know what a $25 minimum wage will do. I know they're talking 15 and they're already talking 20 and then they're saying to hell, and hell with it. Let's just go for 25. So there's virtually no chance at that point if they get this, that an unskilled individual individual will be able to keep an existing job, nor will that person, that unskilled person, acquire a job. Uh, simply put, if you're getting on up to $25 an hour on a check, there are several other costs that add up to the 35-40%. And the people who are just trying to make these changes know this. That's why I say they're evil. Now, the other costs, 35-40%, uh, that's a number from the SBA, by the way, the Small Business Administration. Service industries, those other additional expenses can run closer to 50% of an individual's hourly wages. Now, lastly, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics 
would put the, I guess, the average, somewhere around 30%. So where this is all going is that employers will be forced to very quickly adapt to payroll expenses that far outpace the value labor, you know, that their labor pool is bringing to the table. So the notion that if someone's labor brings in $35,000 in revenue, I've heard people argue this, so bear with me. They say that if they're bringing the company 35000 revenue, that is precisely what the worker demands to see on the check. And that's insane. So where does the bookkeeper, uh, where, do, where, does he, where does that person, he or she, where do they get their pay from? What keeps the lights on? pays for the building lease you know these people in, are uh, unrealistic demands right crazy demands and they know it's going to cause strife so let's recall that a $35,000 salary would actually means that that person will probably incur the owner uh, $50,000 in payroll expense or something like that hiring managers will be forced to find people who bring something like $70,000 in value to the table, right? For that $35,000 position, because those other expenses that people don't, they, they ignore, they willfully ignore those other expenses. When they say, hey, I'm bringing, you made $35,000 from my work last year, I want it. So the very people Marxists are promising a golden future are about to get screwed again. So the global competition equation I was referring to also means that the U.S. will not be able to sell its own domestic goods domestically. And good luck trying to sell products that the, for the, for the greater part, the rest of the world already believes are no longer of lasting quality when the price points are absurd. So let's compound this, you know, humiliation that the unskilled will soon realize with the carbon tax penalties. Uh, we used to say that uh, the people behind ideas like this that we're talking about aren't very bright, they're not very smart or whatever, we would insult them that way. Now it's clear that they're just evil as shit. So let's go with that. Uh, the last topic for this episode is significant. Uh, many of the listeners to this podcast uh, live within the U.S., it appears, and there may be 15 or 20% of the listeners who are expats, people working abroad, maybe even just a few curious English-speaking really cool people, and thank you. Anyways, the, the, the element of this is the soon-to-be crushing inflation we're seeing in the U.S. is happening in most developed nations. And it's probably more enhanced with within those countries who are that are tethered to our U.S. economy, maybe supply chains and such. Theoretically, this is how an administration can politely jettison ally nations and friends, because they will be forced to sever trade ties and such to remain solvent themselves. Uh, I don't think they're doing the and some of them are doing the let's print the hell out of money uh, to suit certain demographics and ourselves to you know for the government itself. Um, and the inflation problem is not an island out on its own. And th that pr 
money printing thing. The cause is pretty clear. And the, the Fed is taking care of the government and the wealthy. Uh, maybe I'll do a show on that uh, later this week or early next week. But the, uh, the numbers are horrible. Um, the wealthy are just, they're, they're taking off. And it's exactly contrary to, it, it is so deceptive and contrary from what the leaders of the Democrat Party are talking about. It's it's absurd. So um, by doing this printing kind of thing, it, it's going to harm the young and the poor the most. Um, I'll get to that because these new cash infusions, typically the effect uh, roll through and are seen in the stock and housing markets right away. And, and that the housing infusion here allows for purchases to kind of happen cheaper, but it's driving up home values, obviously. If you've been looking at all or listening, you know that the, uh, uh, I, I believe they're up over 15% nationally. And, um, it, you know, it's great for people who own homes without a note on it. And it's horrible for people who are starting out, like the people who aren't going to find that $25 an hour gig without special skills to offer. Uh, and this sh other sharp edge to this sword is that, uh, we're, we're already starting to see them, but there are shortages of, um, well, let's see. Oh, oh, everything, everything. Yeah, shortages of everything. There's more money out there fighting over the same amount of goods, and it's just not going to, this is not good. It's not good goods. So, you know, some things to watch. Um, I know as far as uh, some of the things I've heard is that copper uh, copper, the, the, the price of copper and the supply, uh, we're, we're down to weeks, weeks of supply. And, um, you know, copper isn't just about every powered thing. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, we're starting to see the weaknesses in our supply chains and in our, the way we do business here. Uh, what's the other good one? Chips. Everything from silicon chips to potato chips. You know, you can't buy a new Chevy uh, for whatever because of supply chain, supply problems. Farmer Brown won't be able to procure new farm implements either. And uh, it looks like food producers are struggling to complete... Um, to, to have kind of an idea of the two-year, like, yields or, you know, the projections, what the production projections are. So I hope you weren't really all that fond of food. Um, on the bright side, though, it looks like the suicide by cop riots are going to remain fairly quiet. And, um, and just recently, the H.R. 1, uh, I believe that bill was called For the Marxist Cabal Voting Act, uh, it didn't pass. Um, and if you think that's harsh, you probably haven't read the bill. So, until later, ciao, every amigos.